Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you physically feel like your life is stuck in a rut, then this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join us as we have a conversation with Madison Radke. Madison is a fitness trainer, a nutrition coach, and so much more, and she's going to share with us her story about being a student athlete, finding herself in her own rut, and then getting out of that. Now she's helping people also get the most out of their their physical abilities. So getting themselves out of whatever physical rut they might feel like they're in, if they're feeling lethargic at work, if they're feeling like they're just dragging all the time, Madison can actually help you find your energy, find excitement, and all that good stuff. I don't know about the excitement part, but she can actually help you find your energy so you're bringing your best self to your work every day. So sit back and relax. Unless you're out there driving, then in that case, we do need you to stay safe as we have a conversation with Madison about fitness, nutrition, and a little bit of entrepreneurship. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome to your own show. Please get on the mic because we got someone to talk with. I can't stand on the mic. I'm too big. Okay. Good point. Good point. And with us, as I said in the introduction, we've got Madison Radke. How are you doing? Good. All Thank right. you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Yeah. And like, you're looking a little nervous, like, I don't know what these guys are going to do to us, but <laughs> it's all right. Uh, as I said in the introduction, which Madison hasn't heard yet because we actually do this in post-production, uh, but you know, I had a conversation with Madison uh, about a month ago. She was going through a, a class at work. She was a new employee there. Uh, short story is she left a very passionate uh, comment in the evaluations around the food how you research. dress? Oh, I thought yeah, it was no. one about how you dress. No, people okay. people like the shirt I wear now, so it's <laughs> kind of cool. I got a new general orientation shirt. Uh, but the commentary on the food was actually something that just caught my attention. One, because it was long. I mean, it took up almost an entire page. Uh, <laughs> front and back. No, I'm kidding. No, it's just on one side. Um, hey, you gave me a pen and a piece of paper. Yeah. I'm going to use it. And I, you There's know, a most, huge blank spot on there. <laughs> it, it, there was actually. It was like anything else you want to say and she took up the space and you know a lot of people would see that feedback and think oh geez and like not read it you know tldr type of thing uh but i saw it and i thought you know what if somebody took the time to write that much and it wasn't like notes before they realized that was an evaluation form i'm gonna read it and when i read it i was like okay this is very passionate and this actually gives me much more insight than what i've heard in years past because for the last four years i get comments like better food options serve healthier stuff. And here was a, like a full page of why we should serve healthier food uh, because we were in a healthcare organization. We, we uh, preach good health for our community. And then we turn around, and we feed like the worst processed junk to our own employees. <laughs> you know, what does that say about living out our, our values as a, a, and our vision to, to be a leader and advocate in healthcare. And I was like, I need to follow up with this. And based on the length, I was like, okay, this had to be a fitness trainer. <laughs> And I only had two of them in the class, so I got a 50-50 shot here of who this could be. And I lucked out. It was the first person I, I emailed was her. That was Madison, uh, which was another win because when it's a 50-50 odds thing for me, 
I always choose wrong the first time. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll just go with my second choice then. And that's no big deal. And now Madison so, will never fill that kind of stuff out because she knows she'll end up on a podcast now explaining I herself. Know. I hope I hope this doesn't ruin you. I, uh, because the conversation we had afterwards is what led me to invite her on the show. I was like, no, this is a beyond the rut passion. This is a beyond the rut message. Madison needs to share that passion with our audience. Uh, so that's why we have here her here with you today. Boom. <sighs> Yay. Yay. So Welcome, again, thank Madison. you. We're glad you're here. Tell, I'm so glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about you, how, how you ended up in that chair with that survey and that lunch and kind of what brought you to where you are today. When she was three years old. She, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Go <laughs> So I've been personal training and group training and macro coaching, so macronutrients, a little bit of nutrition coaching for about two years. And we just moved to Kingsville, Texas for my husband to be in flight school. Mm-hmm. And so when we, every time we move, I kind of just start over and find somewhere new to plug in. And I, I've always tried to do that as fast as possible because it makes it feel like home a little bit faster. Um, and I saw Colston Wellness, which is attached to Krista Spahn. And of all the places in this area, I knew right when we moved here, that's where I want to be. That's the environment I want to be in. I want to be in healthcare and just kind of change healthcare into a little bit more of a, like a prevention mindset. It's so much better if we prevent the problems than if we spend all this money treating the problems. Right. It's cheaper right. and it's better mm-hmm. for everybody. So right. So that was a kind of a new environment for me too. I haven't done clinical so, uh, so much that that gym is considered clinical. And so that was new. And I was like, I want to jump into that and try that. And when I got a, uh, when I got hired for it, then I, I met Jerry at orientation. Awesome. I love the fact that you were already good at something, but you wanted to push yourself into a new direction and kind of literally break out of that rut and, and find something that, that challenged you. Yes. And I was persistent. I bothered Colston Wellness so many times <laughs> that I think they finally were like, okay, this girl is serious. She's not yeah. going to leave us alone. We should hire her. <laughs> Mil- military wives are always like that. They're like bulldogs. I got to move a lot, make new friends, find yeah. new grocery stores and everything else. I'm going to do it in the best way, fastest way possible. How That's did, pretty much how it happened. How did you know you wanted to get into training and fitness and stuff like that? I honestly kind of stumbled into it. I When I went to college, my my first major was special education and I had zero fitness and health mindset on my radar. And I thought I wanted to do some type of therapy, either um, physical therapy or occupational therapy, speech, something along those lines. And my school didn't have a degree for that. And exercise science was the like prerequisite degree to go on to a therapy school. So that's how I ended up with that major. And then after college, I started working for a chiropractor and I did chiropractic rehab and that was my first kind of exercise oriented experience with therapy. I had always done stuff either with special needs or in a, in a clinical um, environment, either doing PT or OT or something shadowing along those lines. And when I worked for him, he had a degree in nutrition 
before he went to school for chiropractic and he Mm -hmm. just blew my mind with knowledge. (laughs) I worked for him for six months, which I would still work there had we not moved away from the military. I loved him and he taught me so much and he helped me realize my passion for fitness and health in general. Whenever I had clients that would come and get adjusted and then they would come see me for exercise, he would really encourage me. He noticed that I knew things that he hadn't used in his office before. And he'd say, well, go teach them that, you know, go teach them that exercise, go teach them that foam rolling thing. And he really pushed me and helped me realize that, oh, this is something that I'm kind of good at and I really like. And I didn't know it until I worked for him. That's awesome. I, and we've talked about that kind of concept before of get into something and get exposed to it. And that's sometimes where you find your passion. I didn't mean to, I was just kind of wandering in and then right. you know, you'll see something. Right. Same idea. When he hired me, he he asked, his first question was, so what do you know about chiropractic? And I just looked at him. I was like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I don't know anything. This is my first job out of college. Teach me. And he taught me so much and just really encouraged me to, to find what I was passionate about. And then when he saw something that I didn't even realize, he would just throw it at me and be like, go do that. Go get better at that. And uh-huh. he really, really helped in that area. There's a lot to be said about being coachable. Uh, mm-hmm. I know one of Absolutely. our leadership training courses that we offer to our new leaders at Christus uh, is um, – now, this isn't like a Christus Health Show. We're, we're completely independent on that. <laughs> I do have to put the disclaimer in there, but it is where I spend my day, Monday through Friday. Um, right. But we talk about in our interview uh, course for new leaders uh, the importance of looking for somebody who's coachable. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be the number one thing that determines their success because they're going to listen to that advice and that feedback that comes in from other people. It's the people who are not coachable who are always going to butt heads. They're always going to want it their way or the highway and they're not going to jive with anybody else on the team and you wind up having to fire them yep. because of behavior issues. So uh, I've, I've always found the best people are named Madison that are coachable. <laughs> I had a Madison on my staff before and I have a daughter Maddie and she's pretty coachable but uh, sometimes she doesn't listen so she'll probably miss my mom stuff. would love that compliment she chose my name there you go <laughs> smart mom so what made you kind of realize that you were coachable like what kind of attitude do you think you went into it and how do you use that now when you're doing fitness training stay with us we'll be right back and now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. I think that in the health and wellness field, you have to be coachable because it's always changing. There's always something new coming out. Um, even things that I learned in college, there's there's research coming out now where they're like, well, maybe actually we should go this direction because this is, seems to work better. And it can be, you know, 100% different than what I learned in school. And so there's always um, just having to, having to, now I'm stumbling over my words. Hopefully y'all can chop okay. this up. 
um, I had, that was a long question. That was kind of a hard I question. About it for a second. But now, I guess maybe even deeper, you could say, is this something that maybe your parents instilled in you or you learned growing up that being coachable opened more doors for you? Because I've, I've always kind of preached that. If you're we not also, coachable, there's very narrow path you can go down. Madison also played sports all what, through high school and even before that. I did. I played yeah. sports my whole life, basically. Yeah. I, yeah. So I think sports probably played a part in it, being part of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a little bit of everything. And then both of my parents, I think, show it very well. They're both very coachable and are successful for that. They've um, taken turns in their careers that that pe- people have called and asked, hey, will you do this? And and my mom just did it, for example. She just moved all the way to Texas from Georgia because somebody saw something in her that she was like, <laughs> are you serious? I can do that. Wow, <laughs> and yeah. Awesome. Um, I think I definitely have, have learned a lot from watching them, even though they're in a totally different field, they are both that way. So what makes a good uh, candidate for your training that maybe you're training them and you want to get them from a fitness level of say, you know, maybe even zero to something, what makes that a better opportunity for you? What do you see in them? I think same thing that we're talking about already being coachable. Um, it's not necessarily a word that I am using with a client when we're talking about, you know, what are your goals? Where, where are you struggling? Why do you need my help? But just hearing from them that they are, they are open to having help. They know that they need somebody to teach them. That to me is telling me that they're going to listen to me, um, that they're going to take advice, that they're going to try to implement it instead of somebody who comes to me and says, this is everything I'm doing and it's not working. So this is what I'm going to do. And they're telling me what they want me to do with them versus, you know, having somebody come to me and say, Hey, I just, I need your help. What can I do? And somebody who I know is going to take that advice versus somebody who may not. Right. That's awesome. What what kind of training do you try to focus on? I mean, are you trying to get people ready for, you know, Mr. America, or are you just trying to get people more fit, change a lifestyle type thing? The second one, for sure. <laughs> I don't ever plan to train anybody in a competition scenario. One, it's too much pressure because it's not something that I do. Um, but two, that's not most people. And most people that need help in their health and fitness is not that category. Most people that are, you know, trying to get on a stage already know a substantial amount. Um, So for me, it's the general population. It's people that really just don't know what direction to go in, but they know they need help. And um, for me, it's, it's trying to figure out how health and fitness can fit them versus somebody coming to me and me just throwing the same template at them every time of you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. It's them coming to me and saying, you know, this is my family. This is what I do for work. This is how active I am. This is what I love. This is what I hate and will not do. And then building around that and trying to find little places where you can make changes versus giving them a whole different lifestyle that isn't going to stick. Right. And I know nutrition's not your expertise you're you're more into the fitness training and stuff but those go hand in hand so right when you first kind of get a new customer or new client and how do you approach the the nutritional side of it and explain how the fitness is only going to go as far as it goes without the nutrition right i first 
assess, you know, where they're really struggling. Cause some people really do have one side of it down and struggle in the other area. So obviously, you know, the one I'm going to work with them on is the one they're struggling in. Some people it's flipped. Do they really get nutrition and they don't really get exercise? And so then we'll work the other way. Um, so for me, I just try to first tackle the one that they're having the biggest problem with, because I know they are going to feel most better and they're going to see the most results when we fix the one that has the biggest issues. So starting there and then slowly working into the other one as well. And I always try to do things in baby steps. I don't want to ever give somebody this huge grand thing. And then they're like, I have no idea where to start or what to do first. Um, So it's always in baby steps and the nutrition side of it. um, My biggest focuses are quality and quantity. So how much are you eating? What quality of food are you eating? And same thing in that arena. I don't do both at once because it's a ton of information. So what are you struggling with first? Are you struggling with quality? Are you struggling with what types of foods you're eating? Or are you struggling with quantity? Is it portion size? Is it how much you eat? And we work on one at a time. But at the end of the day, at the end of the whole um, program together, and as we progress in coaching, some point we get to all of it. But I never start with all of it. So basically, everybody has to eat kale and just drink water. <laughs> I think I've eaten kale like three times in my whole life. Yeah. So that gives kale. you an idea. I'm writing that down. That's that's staying in the episode. Well, I, I, I love your concept of, you know, let's focus on quality and quantity, not you can't eat these five things or you have exactly. to eat these five things. People don't respond well to that. So it, yes. it's not about you can't have a brownie. It's like what? kind of brownie and how much of it or, you know, what types of food are you eating? Yes. When you have to totally eliminate a food group or totally eliminate things that in your mind, those are the only foods that taste good. Those are the only foods I enjoy and look forward to. If I take all of those away, how long are you going to stay with me? Not very long. And it's not about wanting people to stay with me, like me being able to coach them all the way. I love it. I want them to stick with it and I don't want them to need me forever. And so if I give them something so hard where they have to call me every day because they can't figure it out on their own, the second they leave me, it's starting all over. So I try my hardest to never tell somebody you need to eliminate anything. Just, just try to change how we're doing it, how we're approaching it. Why are you eating that? How much of it are you eating? Can we change little pieces of the recipe here and there to make it better? Right. I love that approach of you want to get them to a place where they don't need you. You know, too often we think, well, if I join a gym, if I ever stop going, I will go right back. But you're more of a lifestyle change and, and teach you kind of tools and practices so you can go to McDonald's or you can travel around the world or whatever, but you fit this into their life rather than just, like you said, a template here, follow this and you'll be perfect. Right. There's not a single template anywhere you'll ever find that works for everybody. Yeah, exactly. It, that's probably the essence of a, a good coach too, is that they're not there to you know keep you logged into the membership forever. They're, they're there to teach and instill habits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking about any football coach I had, any baseball coach I had, it was about, you know, the fundamentals and coach that coach it coach until it became muscle memory, right. basic training. Uh, it's, it's nine plus. Well, when I went through, it was nine weeks. I think they extended it now because they had to add some situational exercise. That's not probably important. something you meant. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but the, the crazy thing was like three, four years later when I'm in operation Iraqi freedom, there were things I remembered from basic training, right? Like habits that started way back then. And I thought, huh, 
I did have a good drill sergeant after all. <laughs> that habit saved my life. <laughs> That's pretty good. I didn't say that in the moment. It was afterwards. Like, well, how about that? It did work. Um, now, changing gears a little bit, uh, part of what you know just sparked me that said, Madison needs to be on the show was uh, we're having this email exchange. And of course I can't read the email. I'd love to, but the email belongs to Christus. So, you know, this is outside of Christus. But in essence, what she was sharing with me was that, you know, you have some clients who are nurses and they had shared with you. One of their problems was that, you know, they're working their shift. And I think it was like a night shift and to keep themselves energetic throughout (laughs) the shift, they're like downing like sugary drinks and sugary snacks and their leaders are rewarding them by celebrating with things like cake and it's all junk food, like pizzas. And, um, and when you look at like what is good fuel for the body versus what we're actually giving our staff and what our staff are giving themselves. And then we turn around and ask that staff to, to go and heal people and be on the top of your game. You can't make mistakes because when you make mistakes, people die. Um, it, it was just a big aha, not just in the, the field care of health, uh, field of healthcare, but in general. You know, yep. think about, you know, you working in the office and by two o'clock you're, you're done. You're mentally shut down. Your, mm-hmm. your brain is fried. You can't even comprehend your own native language anymore. How much of that is tied into your fitness level? And so that all that was my question was how, how does <laughs> your nutrition, your fitness tie in with your performance at work on an eight hour day? Or if you're a nurse, a 12 hour shift or firefighter, even that's a 12 hour, 24 hour <laughs> shift. So yeah. firefighter. Yeah. Yeah, I got a buddy. He's a firefighter <laughs> in Woodstock, Illinois. Um, he actually is really fit. He runs like half marathons now. Yeah, I so they have to be. They yeah. have to yeah. be fit. Um, I think any shift work in general can be tough on your just overall health and wellness because you are throwing off your sleep pattern, your sleep quality. You are throwing off, you know, when can you eat? Do you really have the availability to eat what you want when you want? And then the fitness side of it, of course, you know, if you're something like a firefighter, hopefully fitness is, you know, a pretty high priority, but somebody like a nurse who's working, you know, three 12 hour shifts or whatever they're working in a week, their days when they go home, I think the last thing they want to do is go hit the gym. Like they want to catch up on their sleep and they (laughs) want to spend time with their family because they didn't. And so I think approaching especially healthcare and, and people who are doing shift work in hospitals is not to make them feel like, on, you know, right when they get off their shift or, or the days that they're off that they have to go hit the gym. I think what I approach with them is just all of the small changes that we can make for general health and wellness, like how much sleep are you getting? How much water are you drinking? You know, what and how much are you eating? Because stress is in the, or sorry, exercise is a form of stress. And if, if your life is so stressful already with the type of work you do and the amount that you work, and then you come home and I'm going to give you another form of stress and say, here, go do this. I'm not helping. And so we want to figure out how we can lessen the stress, which is, you know, are you drinking what I start with is half your body weight in ounces of water? And are you eating quality food? How much are you eating with nurses? It's generally far too less. It's not, not, it's not enough food. Um, and then, you know, are you sleeping? How much are you sleeping? What is your sleep quality like? That kind of stuff. I know in your blog, you talk about organization and scheduling things and how that can help you. Uh, cause I know as, as I got healthier, I lost a lot of weight 
uh, two or three years ago and, and started running and all that kind of stuff. It was scheduling those things, making time to make sure I had healthy snacks around me. I yes. Access. So talk a little bit about what your concept of uh, organization in a lifestyle change like that would be. I think the biggest part of fitting health and fitness into your life and making it work for you is just prioritizing. Um, where is fitness on your list of priorities? Where is health on your list of priorities? And if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So if you're saying that like you have to do A, B, C, D, and then yes, fitness is kind of a priority. It's really not. And so you have to be honest about, you know, how much of a priority is it to you? If it is a priority, how are you making time for it? My least favorite excuse is I don't have time. <laughs> if you if you have it as a priority, you should have time for it. And so if you are telling me that it is a priority, my next step is, okay, how are we managing your time? Because if you're telling me it's a priority, it should have time. Like you should have time for that thing that is a priority. And so just kind of rearranging what is most important and trying to make time for those things that are most important. One thing I saw on your blog was you have these 20 minute timers and yes. I love that concept. Talk a little bit about how that came it's about. A little, it's a it. little extreme type A, which is me. Yep. <laughs> so me it may That's not work like for it. everyone. The Pomodoro um, yeah. process. Or anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so for me, if I have, you know, I wake up in the morning, I do a little morning routine. And when I'm done, I think about what are all the things that I need to do today. For me, there are things that are always on that list, like some type of movement. Maybe it's not a hard, long workout, but some type of movement, eating well, um, just taking care of my body. There are things that are always on my list. And if I don't prioritize things and put them in some kind of order where this needs to get done and then that needs to get done and I just set a timer for each one and kind of move down my list, I won't stay on track and I probably will skip the ones that are lower on the priority list or just not do them at all. Um, So for me, you know, if I need to wake up and I need to do three or four client check-ins, I'll set a timer and I'll get one client done in that timer. And then when the timer's done, I don't just jump to the next one. I need to reset my brain and change gears because every person is different. And if I just do them all at once, I'm not giving them that individual attention. So one person in this time gap, and then I reset and I kind of walk around, you know, take a lap through the house, take the dog out, do whatever, sit down, set another timer. And I just make that time in that time are very intentional for one purpose on, on one person and then change gears on another timer. I don't do my exercise on a timer, um, <laughs> but I make sure that I do everything else on timers so that I have time to go do what I want to do after that. Yeah. I love the concept of scheduling my, my workouts and my uh, podcast stuff and work. Everything is for me is on a calendar because somebody told me a long time ago, you know, if you had a, an important appointment, you would put it on your calendar. There'd be a reminder. You would show up no matter what. Yes. And so that's if, like you said, if it's a priority to work out, it should be on your schedule. I cannot yes. hang out with you from five 30 to six 30 every morning. Cause I'm running now you can go run with me, but I can't meet you for breakfast. It's an appointment that's already there. And that, and that helps you kind of get there. Uh, the other thing I would probably add is schedule some time to plan your next day's food. Uh, I know for me, if I don't plan this and I have snacks here, cause we're going to be here for a while today. Uh, if I don't have snacks, I'm going to grab whatever. And it's usually chips or a burger or something bad 
So put some good choices in your way so you can just kind of grab them. Yes. I don't personally meal plan, meal prep, like full blown. This is what I'm eating every meal, every day, every hour. I don't have that. But what I do that's really helpful scheduling food is just making sure that I have protein sources, carb sources, and fat sources that are all generally good quality. And then I can mix and match those, which is essentially tracking macros. You know, how much protein, carbs, and fat are you eating? I just make sure that I have those three sources in my house, that they are generally good quality most of the time. And then I can play and mix and match from those. And they're always there. So I have something to go to and pick from. I found in the last two weeks, if my protein sources meets, it's a lot more helpful to actually use those if um, they're thawed out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. like, they're typically in the freezer. And then you, like, you look at the freezer when it's time to make dinner and you're like, but it's all frozen. Yep. All right, let's go get in the car, guys. Let's go. That's kind of what I do. Uh, I don't meal prep full blown like that, but I do yeah. kind of have some idea yeah. of it. Because if you wander too far from your house and you didn't take any healthy snacks, like I have some almonds and stuff like that, that I will have with me that, I'm old now, so yeah. I know I'm going to get stuck somewhere not being able to eat, and I don't yeah. like that. So <laughs> I take stuff with me that way. But just some of that uh, kind of general planning. But isn't counting macro macros really hard and getting good sources of uh, food, quality food, really expensive, though? I disagree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think um, with – the toughness of it, that is why I believe in having a coach, even for some short amount of time, because if you can have someone teach you, listen, this is this will make it so much easier if you just do it, you know, this way, this way, this way, and then have them give me feedback on, well, that doesn't work for me for this reason. Now I can give you a different way that may work better. And so having somebody that can kind of think that out with you and then quality wise, Yes, especially with meat, good quality meat can be pricier, but I just tell people to start with get what you can afford. Whatever quality you can afford is a good place to start. If you can afford, you know, B quality and not A quality, go for B quality. It doesn't have to be perfect, but the better quality you can afford, be willing to do that. And it, it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> But doesn't having a personal trainer really cost a lot of money? Because I know that, you know, Beyonce does it and A-Rod and all those guys. So how could somebody come up with a personal trainer that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? I think just same thing. Priorities is earlier. You know, if it's a high priority to you, the price tag is going to be different for you than somebody who it's, it's not on their radar. It's not a priority. So just thinking about, you know, how much of a priority is it? How much am I willing to invest in finding somebody that can work with you in that range? Um, and making sure, you know, if you can't afford somebody that is um, top quality and hopefully you're getting what you're paying for, if you are paying that, find somebody that's willing to work around you. If you go to somebody and they just give you something without saying, you know, who are you? Tell me about you. Tell me about, you know, how you struggle and all of this. Um, that's somebody that I wouldn't say is worth the money because they're just giving you something that they've already made for everyone else and they're not um, individualizing it for you. Right. That's great advice. If uh, let's say you're a woman listening to our show or Brandon, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not calling you a woman. Other, just, I would think. Uh, <laughs> he was so distraught when we were doing our research on, on your, your website and everything. He's like, Oh, she only coaches women. I'm like, well, <laughs> 
there are plenty of people out there who coach men too. It's cool. It's That's cool. Uh, but anyway, if somebody wanted you to be their coach, how would they uh, best reach out to you and what kind of services do you provide? So my website is trainwithmadison.com. I have online training in that space, which is a coaching and community space for women, like we said. Um, And that can be just the fitness side of it, or it can be the fitness and nutrition side of it. So the macro coaching is an add-on. You don't have to do that. And then I also do in-person training. So if you're near Kingsville, Texas, I am personal training out of Colston Wellness Center. And you can still reach me through the website. There's a whole page for that as well. So it it's really just limited to people like me and Rob Lowe. We can't go, but <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. He probably has. If a you trainer, can't go, so. Rob Lowe can't go either. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> Everywhere I'm I, not welcome, he's not welcome. <laughs> the online training is specifically for women. The just the space that I have online in that community thrives a little better when everyone is kind of on the same page. So the online is just for women. The personal training at Colston is open to everybody. Awesome. There you go. go. So while you're training for that triathlon, you just ride your bike out to Kingsville. There you go. Because there's a (laughs) really good pizza place in Kingsville. Well, that's probably not on the list. No. Yeah, there really is. (laughs) Don't go there. You can make a macro-friendly pizza. Hey, there you go. And I love that concept because people can get with you and learn how to eat where they're at you know, where you're at in life, what you can afford and what you can do and where you're at rather than, yeah, you just eat kale and drink water. You're fitting their lifestyle change into their life, not into your life. And that that's really an important part to get people started because hopefully, like you said, you can kind of graduate them and say, here, now you're good. You can go do this on your own and I'll go on to train other people. Yes. And I, I always tell people that on day one, like, I don't want to be your coach forever because if you need me forever, I'm not doing my job. I'm not right. coaching you. You're, you're having to rely on me and that's not teaching you anything. That's awesome. Great. And before we go, are there any final words of wisdom you want to pass on to those listening? I would, I would just encourage all of your listeners to find a health and fitness lifestyle that they enjoy and that is working for them. So if they're doing something right now that is so unenjoyable and so hard to stick to, it's the wrong one for them. It should be something that, yes, is challenging and, yes, takes um, some scheduling and things that we talked about, but something that you enjoy, something that you most of the time look forward to, although there are still times <laughs> where you really got to make yourself get up and do it, yeah. um, and something that is working for you and making your life better and not worse. Awesome. And and what did you say your home address was? And you're so <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Madison. <laughs> Thank you, Madison. Thanks for coming on and joining us. And uh, I know a lot of people are, are kind of always struggling in that area oh, somewhere. Yeah. So uh, reach out to Madison and find out how you can change your lifestyle and just get healthier and stronger. And, and that will spread to your job and your family and your kids or your neighbors or everybody else that's just a lifestyle change that will make you better and stronger. So thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 177. There you'll find links to Madison's website, any of her social media, and all the resources we talked about in this episode. We're so glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week as we have another great conversation. Until then... Go live life beyond the rut. Take care.
You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.